Welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. I'm Beth Shank, host of the podcast, along with our guest host, Dr. Shanda Demarest, who is interviewing faculty members and educators from the School of Nursing Climate Commitment. In this episode, Shanda interviews the inimitable Dr. Teddy Potter, visionary leader and mentor to many, including me. Enjoy. Welcome, welcome, Shanda here with the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. I'm recording this in November. I'm in Alaska. It's freezing cold already. Um, So I was super stoked to have a really warm conversation with a very dear friend. That's Dr. Teddy Potter. So in 2019, Dr. Potter, Teddy, was appointed the first director of planetary health for the School of Nursing at the University of Minnesota. She's a member of the Coordinating Committee of Columbia University's Global Consortium on Climate and Health Education, and she's a fellow in the Institute on the Environment at the University of Minnesota. She chairs Clinicians for Planetary Health. She's a member of the Steering Committee of the Planetary Health Alliance at Harvard, She's also a member of the National Academy of Medicine's Action Collaborative on Decarbonizing the U.S. Healthcare Sector, and she's been appointed to the National Academy of Sciences Health and Medicine Division Committee. Phew! (laughs) She's amazing. I'm sure she doesn't remember this. Um, The first time I met Teddy, she was running an IV insertion simulation in the basement of the academic health center at the university of Minnesota, like 10 years ago. And later, I don't know, maybe still that year or maybe the next, I heard her during a guest lecture in a leadership class. And there she was talking about climate change, not IV insertion. Um, She was the first nurse in fact, that I ever heard talk about climate change And ever since, she's been my sensei. Uh, Teddy is strategic and transformative. She's a forecaster who's probably always been ahead of her time. She's edgy and rebellious and hilarious. And she's a master movement builder and has a way of like planting seeds with others that she later encourages them to sew and sometimes doesn't get enough credit for that. So, Teddy, here's me trying to give credit where credit is due. Um, Teddy does all of this with love, with a stature of about five feet tall. So that inspires hope for folks like me. Um, and I'm not usually in the business of dedicating podcasts, but Teddy, this one is dedicated to you. I credit Healthcare Without Harm for giving me a chance as a climate nurse, but were it not for you, I never would have known there was any such thing as a climate nurse. So I hope all of you have someone like Teddy Potter in your life. And let's let's be honest, like for many of you, it probably is Teddy Potter, which is a testament to the impact that she's committed to making, not only to the work of planetary health nursing, but to the relationships and the partnerships that serve as a foundation of her work. 
So without further ado, Teddy Potter. Dr. Potter, hey, thank you so much for joining me today. How you doing? You're in Minnesota, yeah? My pleasure. And yes, I am in Minnesota on the traditional lands of the Dakota people. Well, I always appreciate every second I have the chance to talk to you, um, which over the years has been a lot of seconds. We've known each other for a long time. You've you've been up to so much since the last time we sat down and and had a you know a good coffee chat. But right off the bat, I um I just want to check in with how you are at the School of Nursing these days. You're the director of planetary health. What is that? What are you doing? And what do we need to know? Oh, wonderful question. Um, Yes, I am the director. It's the University of Minnesota School of Nursing. Um, I uh, am the first director of planetary health. Planetary health, um, for those of people that don't know, is an ancient understanding. Um, So its roots are with indigenous people who understood that Humans must be interconnected with um, the land, air, water, that we're, we're fundamentally interconnected within nature, and that whatever we do to nature uh, comes back and it, it does to us, that you cannot have healthy humans um, and a healthy future if we're uh, damaging our environment. So it's the big umbrella that holds all these, um, all this evidence of um, human disruption of our Earth's natural systems. So it includes climate change, but it also includes biodiversity loss. It includes uh, land degradation, soil, air, water pollution, uh, scarcity of water, our forest um, disruptions and degradation, um, and more recently, microplastics. And what the heck is that going to do to our um, health care, our health as, as human beings? It's also not just about the health of humans, it's about the health of um, the entire ecosystem. So every being that lives on this planet, the health is is considered in the work that we're doing. Mm, that last part gave me, yeah, warm fuzzies. I I think that's um, the the way that you describe planetary health or what it really is. We don't do a great job in healthcare including all of the other aspects, the biodiversity, the water quality, the microplastics piece. Uh, It's really climate change right now. And I've heard you, um, yeah, I've heard you bring this up and encourage us all to expand our understanding of our relationship with the planet. And and you are a champion of of being that drum. Um, so I try to get better in that. And, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk with you today is just so that we can continue to put that phrase and and um, this language in front of nurses, because as we're starting to warm up to climate, finally, pun not intended, um, it's bigger than that. So, so as director of planetary health at the School of Nursing, how does that show up in your work with students? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I, I want to get to how do we convey this message and help people understand. So the metaphor I used when I spoke to a group of physicians a couple of weeks ago was it's as though you wouldn't just look at somebody's swollen ankles and just treat the swollen ankles. You would go, what does that swollen ankles mean? 
And do they have a cardiac problem? Do they have, are their lungs congested? Is there a bigger picture that we need to, to be addressing that will solve the you know swollen ankles will solve the congestion in the lungs is there something bigger and that's what planetary health says it doesn't say ignore climate change which is sort of like the swollen ankles don't ignore it but is there something bigger that is at the root cause of all these issues so how does that play out with nursing at the school of nursing at the university of minnesota it has become part of our school vision to prepare future healers who are going to be working on planetary health and the health of all humans and the health of all beings that's baked into our vision and our mission statement more recently we're challenging the nursing essentials which is in the united states our new blueprint just released last may of how curriculum, professional nursing curriculum has to go for the next, you know, five, 10 years. And it's climate change is only mentioned once and planetary health is mentioned in passing and saying that students are going to already come knowing what planetary health is. Check. We don't need to talk about it. Oh, as so if. Cool. We have said, okay, you've got these eight core concepts that thread through curriculum, ethics, um, justice, uh, equity, diversity, inclusivity. There's these concepts you want threaded through in everything we do. We at our at the school are, um, have created a ninth concept, which is planetary health. Then we crosswalked the planetary health education framework with the nursing essentials. So we're set to embed planetary health content in every part of our curriculum. We're also set in preparing our faculty to do research in this area, um, for us to do advocacy and policy work in this area, and for planetary health to shape our practices. So it's, <laughs> we're busy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, thought about some of the students that you're working with in that crosswalk. And so we're talking at the beginning of November here. I saw um, a lovely photo of you and, and some of the current DNP students at the Planetary Health Alliance annual meeting. In, was that where you were introducing this this crosswalk? Catch me up. What were you up to exactly. there? Exactly. Um, they did a poster and I also, um, we uh, included them in a breakout session where they described this, this curriculum crosswalk. And hats off to the students. Um, I sort of gave them the, the nursing charge, the school charge of, we want to embed planetary health in the curriculum. We want to use the planetary health education framework. So we're using this global shared language um, and help us do that. And they were the ones that did the crosswalk and did a beautiful, beautiful walk crosswalk. We're willing to share that with any other school in the nation or globally that wants to use it. All they have to do is contact me um, at tmpotter um, at umn.edu. And I will give them uh, links to the Google, the Google um, doc that allows them to do that, use that in their own uh, curricular changes. That's so. perfect. Thank you. So I'll I'll include that offer in the um in the show notes, so to speak. And and I, I know that there's also a publication um from earlier in 2022 that we'll get in there so folks can see that too. So I, I want to pick up on the analogy that you referenced um, you know, in, in having this discussion about planetary health with physicians a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. you, you so I'm a 
a cardiac nurse by background, as you probably know. So this is well suited to my ears. Um, but I heard the congestive heart failure piece and one of the main symptoms being swollen ankles, which also my grandpa experiences. And he mm-hmm. he wants to treat the swollen ankles. He doesn't care what's happening with the heart. So let, let's take that analogy a little further to for uh, patience isn't the right word, but for humans, for the living mm-hmm. beings on the planet, mm-hmm. how do we help them, we being health professionals mm-hmm. and nurses, how do we help them understand some of the underlying issues that are worth their concern, that are worth their attention, so that we as society aren't just trying to treat the symptoms of what's happening? Um, part of it is creating safe places for people to talk and share their stories. And most people now, because of the uh, level of degradation that we have caused and disruption we've caused to the planet, have a story to tell of what are they noticing? What's different? So for example, in Minneapolis, and this will strike your, your heart, Chanda, there's no water going over Minnehaha Falls, not one drop. I just heard that. And it is chilling for all of us who have grown up loving Minnehaha Creek and taking people to see Minnehaha Falls when they came as visitors and to see it bone dry and to see the Mississippi River, which supplies water for, I think, 18 to 20 million people in the U.S., it's getting narrower and narrower and narrower and is starting to lose its water. That's a wake-up call for all of us of something is wrong here, something is amiss here. Ask the farmers. This is not normal um, planting seasonal cycles. Things are, are changing. The other day it was really foggy and I couldn't couldn't see very far. I thought, what the heck is going on? Well, the next day our the cars that were outside were covered in dirt. It was no Nebraska <laughs> soil that blew here in this great windstorm that that was crossing the nation. So this deep interconnection of this is this is all connected, folks. We're all in this. Um, uh, we're we're in the midst of this. And how do we not fight one another about what do we call it? What's the name of it? Who's who's at who's at fault? How do we act quickly? Another metaphor would be a burning house. Um, it's as though the children, the future generations are saying, the house is burning, the house is burning, what do we do? And the grownups are sitting in the living room going, well, is it really burning? You know, or gosh, you know, we've seen it burn before, or, um, uh, you know, who who maybe lit the match? What, what's causing it? The point is to rescue the children. The point is to get everybody to safety. And that's that that call right now, Shanda, of this is about preserving life on this planet and let's get going let's get going and and bring our various abilities and talents to this community to build a solution that we we currently don't fully have mm-hmm. i would agree with that <sighs> so i heard you talk about the root cause and I think that's something for nurses who talk about this work, we we talk about the challenges. We talk about some of the solutions, advocacy, decarbonization, but 
it's not that the the root cause of this is necessarily carbon emissions in the air. Like, do the five whys. What? Why are there carbon right. emissions in the air? Right. Well, why do we burn fossil fuels? Well, why do we? So, if we practice that exercise from your experience you've been doing this a long time like what is the root cause of this planetary crisis that we're in in terms of humans how sure. did how do we get to that root cause sure. so there's a couple root causes one is that we began to think of ourselves as separate from the environment and so um we would say even now as we're trying to build back together, we say humans have to be reconnected with nature. In planetary health, we say humans are nature. Everything is interconnected. And it's not a matter, we just have to remember that that's the case. We're absolutely interconnected. We are nature. And so um, it's that that sense of I'm above nature, I'm better than nature, which allows us to, without thought, extract, mine, use, pollute, overfish, all the issues that are coming to the foreground um, are part of the, the story we've told ourselves that humans are exceptional and we can take what we want, whether it's uh, taking species, other species, taking trees, tra taking minerals, or taking the lives of other humans. We have built a story that we can take what we need. We've also... Um, our population is just out of whack. You know, we have far too many human beings kind of existing right now. It's not that the population in and of itself is bad, but we overconsume what the earth can provide. So right now we're using 1.6 earths, planet earth's resources to keep our current level of uh, lifestyle in play. Well, you can't draw down your bank account past what you're putting in and assume that it's always going to be there. It is not always going to be there. So, you know, our consumption, population patterns, and the story of exceptionalism um, are key factors. And I would say that we have forgotten what it is like to live um, with future generations uppermost in our mind. We have have uh, really crafted a story where um, um, getting what we need and want now is our highest priority. And it doesn't matter um, the implications for um, our species in the future. When I hear you talk about this and talk like this, it, it just reminds me of the first time I ever heard you. It's just so evident to me why you're so inspiring to not just young people, but but all of us humans. Um, and that's where I wanted you to go. The, the we've you know, we've built this story that humans are exceptional. We have a really big population and we are trapped in this conceptualization of overconsumption. Um, and even for, I mean, from my perspective, and this might resonate with other folks too, but sometimes overconsumption even takes place in the narrative of, of like eco consumption. We're consuming okay. things that are supposedly better for the planet. And there's a major market behind driving that. I mean, the, the capitalism piece and the financial piece of this is just 
sickening. Absolutely. At the most recent Plantar Health Alliance conference, somebody was presenting the science of sort of the the meat we eat and like tilapia has a bigger uh, CO2 impact than chicken. And I thought, here we're all rushing to get oh, I didn't know you know, farm-raised fish and oh. and you know, we're, we're, we're not grounding our behaviors in science and data. And that's another piece of, we, we have to be data driven in our, so that we're making wise decisions that we're making informed decisions um, and not just going chasing the shiny penny of the day. It's interesting. So right now I'm reading um, totally unrelated Jonathan Franzen's How to Be Alone, which is a collection of essays from, I don't know if you, yeah, you're nodding. So, so from the, I think mid to late nineties. And um, one of the ideas he puts forward is how, how we are, and even back, you know, 20 years ago and further beyond than that, but we, we lift up data and metrics and quantitative stuff as Mm -hmm. what drives decision-making, but like, has that come at the expense of wisdom to some extent? And I heard you use those two words in the same sentence. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you have any reflection on that? Like, do we look to data and numbers too much sometimes? Is that what clouds could, could that be part of what clouds the way that, um, we could be conceptualizing what we're seeing on the planet. Like we have some wisdom that things aren't right. Are we looking right. too much for the numbers? It's both. And, and science doesn't have to be just numbers. It can certainly be stories. So it can be qualitative research, which gathers the stories. What we need to make sure is that all people are invited to the table where knowledge is generated so that and where knowledge is disseminated. What's oftentimes happen is is that only certain people have the privilege to ask the research question. Research question is funded by certain agencies or certain people, you know, organizations with vested interests. So the data that's driven isn't necessarily driving us in the right direction. So we need to be as inclusive as possible saying which communities are marginalized, are not on the at the table, have not been heard from, who have solutions that we need to desperately start to employ. And then let's look at that and, and um, study that and start to promote the solutions that are, are working. But it's got to be inclusive. It's got to be an understanding that this is an all hands on deck moment. No, no disciplines got the answer. No group of people, no nation has the answer. We ha- are all in this together and our solutions are going to um, depend on all of us being present. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's go to the solutions part. You, you're, you're guiding us on this journey, you know, just in 30 minutes together. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> so before we hopped on the phone, I, tried to do my research. You're a prolific writer in this in this space, which is an excellent example for all of us nurses and, and health professionals to get more out there in the literature Absolutely. and just in the lay media. Um, so so a couple of the pieces I came across that you've worked on in the in the past mm-hmm. couple of years or so. Um one, I, I just wanted to say this title out loud so that other people can hear that this actually exists. So this was in the Lancet. Um the pledge for planetary health to unite health professionals in the Anthropocene. Yeah. <laughs> it just gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Um, and then you you had a piece in Creative Nursing, 
which harkens back more to the the educational aspects. So planetary health, an essential framework for nursing education and practice. And and even just from the abstract there, you, you know, you highlight the different aspects of planetary health and then, you know, you shift us towards solutions and, and you note several conditions make this the perfect time for transformative change. So I would love to hear from you more about some of these solutions. Let's talk about that. And why is this the perfect time for transformative change? Yeah. Um, it's a perfect time because everything's collapsing. Um, and so you might say, well, that's a joyful thought, Teddy. But it's true. If everything's working along fine or, or marginally working, people run around. Maybe if I put a patch on it, if I put a Band-Aid on it, it'll keep going. The system is so broken now that it's collapsing around us. Instead of me wringing my hands going, what will we do? What will we do? It's a perfect time to say, okay, how do we rebuild it? And rebuild it in a way where it works for everyone. The previous system didn't work for everyone. So it's not about rebuilding the old system. It's about rebuilding a new system. So that's one thing about what's perfect. Another is nurses think in terms of systems. We're educated to think in terms of systems. It's you can't nurse if you don't think in terms of systems. And that is the sensibility and the type of um, thinking that's required right now. So nurses are key players in this moment. Um, I think the globe is understanding because of COVID that, holy cow, we cannot ignore what's happening in one part of the globe and assume that it won't touch us. So the globe is developing a, a really global mentality right now. And climate change and biodiversity lost to a lesser extent, but just because it's not on most health professionals radar. Climate change is something we see every day. I mean, and we're seeing the health impacts every day. So this is, it, it's not years in the future, it's not 2050, 2100, it is right now. So now is the moment, we have the urgency, we have the, the global sort of awareness that we have to work together, and, we're, and the system is, is collapsing. So it's time, we can, we can rebuild it. So um, that's why I say now. Mm. It's the perfect time because everything's collapsing. Mm -hmm. So now, how do we deploy some solutions? What does some of that look like from where you sit? So I want to invite people to the party. Um, uh, one of the actions that, that we're starting is um, I, I began to say, well, we need a planetary health nursing textbook. How do yeah. we move this forward and then we started saying well we can't have a textbook until we have enough nurses to to start to to be involved in the movement so i reached out to some colleagues and i said you know how do we publish a piece uh for at the international council of nurses so we have a global connection and before i knew it um the president of the international council of nurses was emailing me saying we're on board and want to go want to work on this wow so we're going to be working on a planetary health um nursing for planetary health document to be re released in J July at the uh, Congress of the International Council of Nurses. So we're on the move and we invite everybody to, to be joining us. We want to see uh, planetary health be a part of our, our research, 
part of our education, part of our advocacy and policy, and part of our practice, which anybody associated with Annie knows that sort of that, that model of, of really working this through. Uh, Annie will be a, a co-supporter of this, as will the Alliance of Planetary Health. Um, but really setting this document as a foundational docu document of the principles and ethics of nursing for planetary health. So that, and then you asked about solutions. I'm looking at one. Shanda, you're, you are a solution. The work that you're doing, the work that other nurse, nurses are doing across the globe, it is so energizing and so exciting. So I don't want to lift up any one a solution. I want to say, find these remarkable leaders, including Shanda, and don't edit that out or I'm going to be a little <laughs> mad, uh, including Shanda, find her. She's full of solutions and ready to help um, organizations put those in place, ready to help nurses put those in place. Make sure you connect with the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments. That is a solution. Um, so let's mobilize. Let's get going. The solution is going to look different all over the world, depending where you nurse, what setting you're in. But you are not alone. There's a great transformation occurring here. And there's a huge amount of reason to hope. Mm, well, thank you, Teddy. And what, what you're talking about is building the movement. Um, or that's what I'm hearing. And there's for me there has been no more inspiring piece of this puzzle than finding your people and the relationships amongst us our relationships amongst us and other beings or rocks or dirt or things that we don't even see necessarily or right yeah exactly the mushrooms um and the water and the sky and the trees mm -hmm. and the flowers and the grass you know i could i could keep going but oh. the 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 building relationships amongst one another and that extends beyond our sisters and and brothers to um our our planetary sisters and brothers um well yeah. Teddy, I, I also want to just maybe end on this, this question. I've been asking folks like, oh, what's your vision for the future? Um, and I'm, I'm sure that, that you could answer that too. But if you could, um, if you could live your nursing career or your life again, what do you think would be the most important piece that you would do all over again, you know, in your, in your career as a planetary nurse, what would you do again and again and again every single time? Because it has, um, perhaps it's led to you becoming who you are, or it's led to bigger and, and more transformational change. What would you do all over again? I would be interviewed by Shanda Demaris today. Hmm. Thank you, the, Teddy. The now that we're living yeah. right now, it holds all the power and all the potential. And um, I would do that in a heartbeat over and over again. Well, I would interview you over and over and over again. Uh, you were the first nurse I ever heard say climate change. Um, and so if we can be that for other people, if we can be the first nurse that says planetary health, um, mm -hmm. that's our job. To spark that, that to light the candle. Um, well, it is an honor and a true pleasure 
thank you for everything that you do besides hopping on a coffee chat with me. Um, we all look to you for inspiration. So onward and upward. That's thank you, right. Dr. Potter. Take care. Thank you for the invitation. Bye. Bye now. Thank you to Dr. Shanda Demarest and Dr. Teddy Potter for this inspiring conversation that so eloquently describes planetary health and why it is so relevant to nursing. This dialogue reminds me that the essential work of nursing, caring for others based on holistic, data-driven, wisdom-based ways of caring, is so well aligned with caring for the planet as we receive care from the planet. Many thanks to you both. Hey, did you know that the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast is 100% non-commercial? We charge nothing and advertise nothing. The marvelous nurses interviewed and interviewing are donating their time and expertise because they believe in and champion the work of these nurses committed to caring for our natural world. How can you help? Please tell others about it. Share with your nursing colleagues, family, and friends. Thank you. Talk to you next time. <music>